During his very first week of seminary, Father Sean Loomis was called to the office of the academic dean. He still remembers that moment. He was nervous that maybe he was in trouble, and how could he be in trouble? He'd only been there for a few days. But Sean wasn't in trouble. Instead, the dean had an unusual request. Would Sean consider learning American Sign Language? The Archdiocese of Philadelphia already had an active deaf apostolate, but it needed another chaplain, and finding a priest who could sign was a pretty tall order. Sean had never been exposed to American Sign Language. He was also pretty sure he had never actually met a deaf person. But a seminarian wants to go where God sends him. So he agreed. It just, it really stretched my mind. And, and honestly, in the beginning, I was really excited. I thought it was fun. It's almost like learning a little code. But then once you begin really pressing into the ASL format, as opposed to just signing English, it was really frustrating. And I remember at a certain point feeling like I was sitting at the bottom of Mount Everest. And I thought, gosh, I am never going to get to the top of this mountain. It's not just English put into signs. It has its own rules, its own grammar structures, its own expectations, its own art and style and dialects and, and all of those other things. But unlike spoken language, it's so different because it's one that takes place in three-dimensional space. And as a native English speaker and a hearing individual, I don't think that way when I try to communicate. Little by little, Sean did get really good at ASL. And signing became his ticket into the deaf Catholic community in Philadelphia, a community that he found was eager for the faith and eager for greater inclusion in the Catholic Church. Deaf Catholics are starving for the faith, and I have seen them cry out, truly, why is no one teaching us this stuff? And while that is certainly the case with the vast majority of Catholics, that catechesis is impoverished in a significant way, among the deaf, it's exponentially more so because there are not resources available to them. I've seen time again that it's if there's any area really worth like applying one's pastoral heart, the deaf community is fertile soil, really fertile soil. This week on the podcast, we're going to take a closer look at a community you might not know much about. Maybe you didn't even know it existed. The deaf Catholic community here in the U.S. We'll look at some of the latest efforts to better catechize deaf Catholics. Then a deaf Catholic priest will share his own vocation story. And guys, he had to work really, really hard to answer God's call. Two things before we jump in. One, we connected with several deaf Catholics for this episode. They shared their stories and their insights with us, and they had the assistance of interpreters. So some of the voices that you'll hear in this episode are not the actual voices of our guests, but we'll do our best to help you keep it all straight. Now, here's the other thing, and it's pretty cool. We obviously love using the platform of a podcast to share stories with you, but it seemed a little bit strange to use this platform to share the stories of people who aren't able to listen to podcasts at all. So we teamed up with Katie Locus from the Archdiocese of Kansas City to translate this entire episode into ASL. You can find that translation on Catholic News Agency's YouTube page. We're really grateful to Katie for the help, and you'll hear from her a little bit later on in this episode. You're listening to CNA Newsroom, the podcast that brings you the people behind the headlines. I'm your host and CNA's editor-in-chief, J.D. Flynn. 
So Sean Loomis, the seminarian from the intro, today he's Father Sean Loomis. He was ordained in 2013. And now he's co-chaplain and coordinator of the Deaf Apostolate in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. He spends a large part of his day signing, whether he's catechizing or meeting with people or celebrating the sacraments. When I offer Mass, I don't voice it and then have an interpreter stand nearby. I do the entire thing in American Sign Language so that they can experience the incarnation of Christ who comes to them as they are in persona Christi, in and through my priesthood. And then for those hearing family members or other participants that may be there, there's an interpreter that voice interprets. So it's almost like the roles are flipped, right? He hears confessions in ASL, which he says is powerful for the deaf Catholics he serves. It's common for deaf Catholics to avoid the sacrament entirely or to settle for a confession with a hearing priest. They often write their sins down on a piece of paper to work around the communication barrier or have to use the speech-to-text function on their phone, but that's not the same. And of course they experience uh, uh, a diminished satisfaction with that since they can't receive any feedback from the priest uh, as well as they're not consoled by the words of absolution because they can't hear them. Even though ASL was a huge learning curve for Father Sean back in seminary, he said he is really glad for the ministry that he does. It's an entire culture, it's a life, it's a value system and an art. And so if we only do things like closed caption or put things into their hands for them to read, they don't really feel welcome and they don't really feel appreciated because they actually have something to contribute, which is a culture. And what's far more meaningful for them is when we invest our time and effort to learn about their culture and then communicate to them within the boundaries of their values. And that's when they really feel evangelized. That's when they feel valued. And that's when their dignity is is affirmed within themselves because we've met them where they are rather than forcing them to come into a culture like ours, a hearing culture, that is not primarily their own. More than 5 million people in the United States are deaf or hard of hearing. And it's hard to get exact numbers, but some estimates say that only 1% of them attend any kind of religious service. Father Sean said that reality means the needs of the deaf Catholic community sometimes go, well, they go unheard. It's a silent community. So many dioceses, many bishops are not aware, really, of the unique needs of of deaf individuals and the demographics of the deaf population. Most deaf people at this point aren't even interested. They already feel turned off. So like 1% of deaf people at all even go to church because they feel like the church of any denomination really has nothing to offer them. It's not just that the church has nothing to offer them. Deaf people often question whether God has anything to offer them. It's not uncommon for a young deaf person to say, Does God understand sign language? And while that might seem silly to us, if their experience of the world is that no one understands them, and then I'm asking them to consider God, well, why would they immediately think that God understands them? It's not because they dislike the Catholic Church that they're leaving. They just don't have access. They don't know their faith. Katie Locus is a deaf Catholic who runs the Deaf Apostolate in the Archdiocese of Kansas City, Kansas. She's connected with us with the help of an interpreter. You know, they show up to church. There's no interpreter. They don't know what's going on at Mass. They go to religious ed. They can't understand what the teacher's saying or 
no one even bothers to teach them their faith. Have you read the Catechism of the Catholic Church? I mean, it is a beautiful book, but it's deep, and that English is completely complex. And that can be very difficult for deaf people to read because English is typically not their first language. Katie was raised in a hearing family. Fortunately, her parents and her siblings sign. That's pretty rarely the case. So growing up, I had complete access to everything that was going on. Everything that was going on, including her Catholic faith. Katie's parents held Bible studies at their home. Katie remembers her mom praying the rosary often. Her family never missed mass on Sundays and holy days of obligation. And Katie's parish had interpreters, so she was always able to follow along. You know, I struggled with my faith a few years back, but I was able to talk with my parents about that. My mom was able to say, oh, go talk with your priest about that issue. I think he can give you some advice. And that was really the tipping point, you know, just having that access for my family and having that strong foundation. I mean, you know, the first church is the domestic church. The parents are the first teachers. And they laid that foundation for me. Because of that foundation and because of that access and communication that I could talk to my parents, when I needed it the most, I could go to them and they were able to refer me on to a priest. And from then on, it just blossomed. Katie recognizes that her experience as a deaf Catholic is unique but she doesn't think it has to be. That's why Katie helped lead a project to translate the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, or the UCAT, into ASL. Maybe you're wondering, just like I was, why a book would need to be translated from English to ASL at all. You don't need to hear to read, right? But remember, ASL isn't just an adaptation of English. It's not kind of English with your hands. ASL is an entire language. It has its own words, its own grammar, and idioms, and structure. Sure, people whose first language is ASL can usually read English here in America, but it's not the same. And a lot of deaf people don't have nearly the fluency in written English as they do in their first language, which is ASL. And so we just thought, hey, why not translate the UCAT into American Sign Language? And then that way we have something accessible. They secured funding from Our Sunday Visitor and the National Catholic Office for the Deaf. They got permission from the UCAT Foundation in Germany, the foundation that produced the original UCAT, and then they put together a team of 12 people from across the U.S. That team broke into smaller groups. And then looking at the chapters and you know, question by question, and then what's the meaning behind the English print? And then once we get the concept and the full understanding of what they're trying to say, then we translate that into American Sign Language. Katie used to be an English teacher at a school for the deaf. And so she had experienced translating English to ASL. So she thought this project wouldn't be too big of a deal. But oh my gosh, I got to tell you, this is completely different with the theology and everything that we've got to keep intact as well. I mean, wow, it's, it's not as easy as people sometimes imagine. For the past three years, Katie and her team have been hard at work translating the UCAT into ASL. They're filming videos of the ASL translations. And look, Katie and her team want to include everybody, even people who can hear. So they've been editing their videos to include images and voiceovers for hearing Catholics who come across the videos. We want to make sure that this is accessible to everybody. So we not only have it done in sign language, but we also have voice caps, voiceovers so that people who are hearing will have access to the spoken word. And then we also have subtitles there. 
And then, of course, we wanted to make it visual for everyone. So we've added pictures and other types of graphics. Uh, so it's really amazing for everybody. The team published their first video on January 24th, which is the Feast of St. Francis de Sales, the patron saint of the deaf. The video is published weekly, with a break every 10 weeks. Each video addresses three to four questions related to the faith. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. What does this mean? If we want to find out if God is indeed the truth, how do you find out? Go ahead and have a relationship with Jesus. The response has been phenomenal. We're really proud of the product. Father Sean has launched a similar product this year with Ascension Press. The Hands of Grace program uses a series of videos and visual workbooks to teach adult Catholics about the Catholic sacraments. The deaf don't have the catechetical resources that they really, really need to, to grow and, and deepen in their faith. This project was a direct response to that. I mean, to put it in context, this is the first adult faith formation catechetical project in American Sign Language for the Deaf ever. My hope is that this project will really open the gate to them to experience and taste the beauty of the Catholic faith, but then also create or expose really a market that already exists for other resources to follow after that. Both Father Sean and Katie said that more could be done to welcome deaf Catholics into parish communities, especially by making catechesis and the sacraments available in ASL. Remember, that's their first language. I'm a hearing individual. They are living in a hearing world, and they are frustrated with the hearing world. And yet, when they see what I'm trying to do, and that what I'm doing comes out of a desire to bring Jesus Christ to them, all of that washes away, and they have nothing but enthusiasm. Katie said that welcoming deaf Catholics into a parish community is about more than just ASL, though. She said the main thing is to welcome deaf Catholics like they're anybody else, to smile, to say hello, not to be afraid to build a friendship. I think a lot of times deaf people feel uncomfortable in the church. They feel like maybe they don't belong, and so... I want to encourage you, I want to encourage the people listening to the podcast that I know sometimes communicating differently can be awkward. Sometimes it's not comfortable, but love doesn't require a language. Just say hi, smile at them, welcome them to your church, let them know that they belong to your community. You know, maybe that will help reduce that 99% and get more people involved back home in the church. After the break, Father Christopher Klusman is one of very few deaf Catholics in the United States, and he told us his story. Stay with us. This is Michelle LaRosa, Deputy Editor-in-Chief at CNA. I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school my whole life. I work for Catholic News Agency. But I have certainly not exhausted the richness of the Catholic faith. I like CNA Newsroom because it allows me to continue learning new things about the Catholic world, from inspiring stories of modern-day saints to a look at where the Palm Sunday palms come from to the ethical considerations surrounding vegetarianism. There's always something new to learn, something interesting to reflect on and discuss. 
If you are interested in learning more about the Catholic world from all kinds of different perspectives, CNA Newsroom is the podcast for you. Subscribe to CNA Newsroom on your favorite podcast app so you'll never miss an episode. Each episode will be delivered straight to your phone. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many more. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Now, back to the episode. In our next segment, Father Christopher Klesman, a deaf priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, shares his vocation story. Father Christopher shared his story with the assistance of an interpreter. There is, by the way, a whole service provided by the federal government of interpreters who can talk on the phone if you want to have a conversation with a person who is deaf. And the interpreter who helped Father Christopher did a great job. But, well, we just we had a little problem with the way that we recorded the audio, and it didn't come out that great. So we asked CNA's Carl Bunderson to record Father Christopher's responses. On May 21, 2011, hundreds of Catholics packed into Milwaukee's Cathedral of St. John the Evangelist for the ordination of five men to the priesthood. Among the five men was Christopher Klusman. Christopher was unique because he was born deaf. In all of the Catholic Church's history in the United States, there have only been about two dozen deaf priests. On this day, Christopher would join their ranks. It was a really big deal. People came from all over just to witness my ordination and to see me during my ordination. It would be easy to assume that Christopher's deafness would be a barrier to the priesthood, a barrier to his Catholic faith and his relationship with God. And even he will admit he had to work really, really hard to get to his ordination day. But Christopher says his deafness was not a barrier to his vocation. In fact, Christopher says his deafness shaped his vocation. Being deaf in itself is a gift from God. And I'm very blessed to have the life that I've been given and the gift of deafness from God, and being born and raised the way I was. Christopher was born and raised in Milwaukee. He's the youngest of four, and the only member of his family born deaf. He was raised Catholic. His family attended Mass on the weekends. We had visual reminders of our Catholicism, and so it's not like there was no reminder in our home. My family cherishes their faith, our faith. Christopher received his sacraments at a hearing parish, but he began attending a nearby Catholic school for the deaf early on in his life. A priest at the school would celebrate Sunday Mass in American Sign Language. So, for a time, Christopher's family would drop him off for Mass in ASL, and then they would go and attend Mass at a hearing parish nearby. The Catholic school for the deaf closed when Christopher was about seven or eight. And with the closure, Christopher was thrown back into the hearing world. His family's parish didn't have an interpreter. Christopher's parents tried to fill the gaps as best they could, but Christopher remembers it being a particularly challenging time. But I did have my faith. It was ingrained in my family, and it was very important to me. As he grew, Christopher persisted in his faith and in his natural curiosity about God. I was trying to figure out what, you know, was going on. Who is Jesus and what is prayer? And I was trying to process all of that as a young boy. It was a wonderful world, and there was so much possibility. 
For me, as a deaf individual, it took longer for me to process that information because I couldn't hear what was going on around the world. You know, I couldn't hear animals, cats, everything was taken in visually, and I was trying to connect with the world around me visually. I never really disconnected from my faith or from God. When it came time to consider what high school to attend, Christopher knew he wanted to attend the Catholic high school in his area. There was just one problem. They didn't have accommodations for deaf students. A family member encouraged him to go ahead and apply anyway. And so I did. I went ahead and put in my application. I visited the school, and they were very welcoming, and it was a very interesting process. I was surprised, though, they did accept my application. I took theology and Bible study. It was a breakthrough for me, and I was very passionate about those classes. After graduation, Christopher moved to Madison to study education at the University of Wisconsin. And he says he found a really great support system there. I met lots of wonderful friends while I was there, and they were very helpful in really helping me to be consistent with my faith. I knew that God was working in my life, and he had plans for me. And he was encouraging me through that process. One of Christopher's good friends in college was friends with a priest who was fluent in American Sign Language. The priest lived nearby, and Christopher's friends suggested they go and meet him. My friend and I, we went to visit him and went to one of his Bible studies. And so often, to be honest with you, when people teach the deaf, they really kind of dumb down things. They put things into really minimal language, and it doesn't trigger your passion or emotion or understanding. They really lower the level sometimes when teaching, especially in a religious environment. Honestly, Christopher didn't expect anything different from this particular priest. But he was a good sport about it, and he continued to attend the Bible studies. Eventually, he found that this priest was different. I was just amazed. He was a wonderful teacher. He had great content. He knew his Bible. He knew Jesus. He knew all of it in hand. And he lit a flame in me. Christopher and his friend would travel to the priest's parish for weekend mass and Bible study as often as they could. After almost a year, Christopher decided he wanted to tell the priest how grateful he was for teaching him as much as he had. And so I went to him and told him the moment that the Spirit moved me. And he said, well, Christopher, have you thought about considering joining the priesthood? And I thought, hmm, well, no, that had never been something I considered. Why do you ask? And he said, well, why not? And I questioned, how? How would I do that? I'm deaf. And he said, if God is calling you, then he'll help you through that plan and you'll be successful. So I opened myself up to that plan. Christopher had never encountered a deaf priest in his entire life. Could it truly be a possibility for him? He applied for seminary some months later, and to his surprise, his application was accepted. The seminary had never hosted a deaf seminarian before, but they decided they would provide Christopher with an interpreter to help him navigate his classes. And that was amazing, because seminaries don't normally provide interpreters during study. They never had at that point. I was the only deaf person at that time. And everyone else in my class was hearing, and I did. I had to work harder than everyone else. Christopher missed out on some of the social aspects of seminary life because his interpreter was only there for classes and some masses. He said he also felt an incredible amount of pressure because he knew he was the first deaf person many of his teachers and peers had ever interacted with. For me, and especially in the deaf community, often there are people that are the only deaf person the hearing people have ever met. And so often that happens with me. People will meet me as a deaf person, and I represent the entire community as a whole for generalizations. And that, that's a lot of pressure. 
So that time in my life, it was a challenge, and other seminarians that were there, they had their experiences, but they were different than mine. During seminary, Christopher had an internship with the Deaf Apostolate at the Archdiocese. He met members of the Deaf community. After his ordination in 2011, Father Christopher became assistant director of the Deaf ministry. And last year, he became director. For Father Christopher, his vocation is a blessing, but it's also a lot of work. There's a lot of traveling, a lot of moving around. And we try to provide accessibility and access to the Mass and the sacraments. And that's beautiful because now deaf people have that experience. They can see their language. And it opens up, you know, just everything with their relationships with one another and with God. Father Christopher said this is particularly true for deaf children. The overwhelming majority of deaf children are born to hearing parents. And many times those hearing parents learn only the basics of ASL. So that means many hearing parents out there just know enough, like, that's good, hello, goodbye, stop milk, I'm sorry. That's their language interaction. Can you imagine learning about your faith and your relationship with God from that? He always remembers hearing the story of a deaf Catholic who didn't understand the meaning behind the sign of the cross until she was in her 30s. She just knew you did it, but she didn't know that it meant Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. She had no idea. She was in her 30s. Oh, it just broke my heart. Hearing people are shocked when they see a deaf priest. They're like, I didn't know a deaf person could become a priest, and they're amazed. There's a verse in the Bible that says nothing is impossible with God, nothing. And so I hope that through my work and my services, and as God has blessed me, gifted me, that I can show that those doors are open through God. And I hope that the deaf community experiences God's love. A lot of times, deaf people don't feel that God loves them. And so I'm trying to really break that barrier and let them see Christ through me and show God's love. Because their deafness is a gift. It's not a lack. It's not a punishment. For CNA Newsroom, I'm Kate Oliveira. CNA Newsroom is an award-winning production of Catholic News Agency, a service of EWTN News. We're produced and edited by Kate Oliveira and Jonah McKeown. Our executive producer is Kate Oliveira. A very special thanks this week to Father Sean Loomis, Katie Locus, Father Christopher Klesman, and our interpreters. We'll see you next week. Next time on CNA Newsroom. I think that there's an innovator in all of us. There's a lot of great innovators and pioneers out there who have a heart for the church and a love for the Lord that are coming up with some great things. If you have an idea, if you have a way that you think you can serve or you see an underserved population that's out there, this is part of our vocation as the mm-hmm. laity. Like this is part of our baptismal calling. Go for it. If God's calling you to do something right now, that no one is doing or no one's doing that much in the, the church, you have to just decide and do it. Jump in. Subscribe and listen to CNA Newsroom wherever you get your podcasts.